This is the Artisan CEO Podcast Season 2 bonus episode. On this episode, I will be sharing my review of the Marketer's Heart 2023 conference that I just attended last week. We'll be covering who the conference was for, what I thought of the whole thing, my main takeaways from some of the speakers, and what kind of conference you might want to consider attending this year. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. I was so jealous the first time I saw a friend attending a photography conference. I was still at my corporate job and I sat in my office drooling over the social media posts from a friend who was in Las Vegas for WPPI. It's a yearly conference slash trade show for wedding and portrait photographers. At the time, I was still dreaming of doing photography as my full-time gig, and I was saving my junior-level employee ration of PTO for summer vacation, actually first for my honeymoon, and then for summer vacation. And meanwhile, this friend of mine, who was a full-time photographer, she got to take off in the middle of the week to this cool new place and talk shop with a bunch of other artists, and she was doing all these amazing styled shoots, and she attended lectures with some of my favorite photographers, and I wanted to go so badly. I finally made it to my first photography conference in 2013. It was the year after I quit my corporate job and it was everything I wanted and then so much more. I don't know if you guys can tell, I am an extroverted extrovert. Like working from home at the time by myself, Matt was still at his desk job, it was really lonely. Um, There was only a couple of other photographers in my immediate area that I could get together with for work dates and most of the time I was sitting at my desk by myself from you know, eight to three or nine to four or whatever during the day. And so the opportunity to go meet photographers that I'd been interacting with online was so life-giving. I had some really big breakthroughs at that conference too. And so I decided to make attending large gatherings a priority for my business. For the first few years, it was just photography conferences usually geared primarily towards wedding photographers because that was what I did at the time. Um, I did finally make it to WPPI a couple of times, but these days when it comes to choosing large-scale conference situations, I focus my efforts towards events that are outside of my industry. I would not be likely to go to a photography conference at this point unless it's a super specific niche of photography or I'm invited there as a speaker. And there are a few reasons for that. I want to find new sources of ideas for my business to get creative with how I serve my clients and market my business. And after spending years in the wedding photography world, to be honest with you, I got tired of seeing the same methods and the same best practices that were taught by industry leaders being recycled and watered down over and over again. I wanted fresh ideas that were not passed down from someone in my own industry, so it wasn't new or fresh anymore. And so the conferences that I attend these days, the ones that I pay to to attend, those are going to be ones that are less specific to my industry of photography, which means that there's new room for interpretation within my own business. Like how can I take this idea that someone from outside the photography world has created and then use that and apply it to the photography industry? Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? 
If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely gonna wanna join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation. And learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist, that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media, and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. So I spent last week in New Orleans for the Marketer's Heart Conference, which is hosted by the company Funnel Gorgeous. Funnel Gorgeous is a marketing and design company started by Julie Chanel and Kathy Olson. Um, they both presented during the conference, sometimes by themselves, sometimes together, and then there was a slew of other incredible speakers. So we use their software, FG Funnels. Um, we learned about that from our ma from the mastermind that I'm part of. So we use FG Funnels for our email list and also hosting my signature course, Brand Photography Academy. We used to use a company called Kajabi, switched from that into FG Funnels. So I'm just giving you guys all that background information so you know how it is that we learned about the conference because it's not one that a lot of people in the photography world have heard of. I had attended the 2022 conference, which was hosted in Florida at Disney, which was amazing. I absolutely loved that. So it was a no-brainer to sign up for the 2023 conference. I actually signed up for the 2023 one at the end of the 2022 when they opened up registration. I think it was on the last day. So the three-day conference is for, and this is straight from the Marketer's Heart website, it's for creative entrepreneurs and digital marketers who want to run their businesses ethically and sustainably with tons of heart. Yes, please sign me up. I mean, I, I did sign myself up twice. This is the second time I've gone. <laughs> we do quite a bit of online marketing for Abby Grace Photography, so I wanted to attend to learn more about some marketing methods that we haven't tried yet. I wanted to hear what's working for other business owners, maybe perspectives I hadn't considered yet. I wanted to get the skinny on new trends that are heading our way. And I also just wanted to have the opportunity to be in the room with a bunch of other people who are a lot smarter than me. The list of topics and speakers was incredibly diverse, which is exactly what I was hoping for. The onstage subjects ranged from tightening up your sales games to running a Facebook challenge, um, from evergreen webinars to emotional intelligence in business. And I took pages and pages of notes and had some really impactful takeaways that I'll share in just a minute. But I wanted to drive home how much variety there was in the content at Marketer's Heart. And yet somehow, even with all of that variety, 
Most of the speakers were still able to go really deep on a specific area of their subject matter that they were a subject matter expert in and leave me with a tangible takeaway instead of feeling like we barely scratched the surface. You know, sometimes you go to a conference and there's a bunch of speakers on a bunch of different topics and you're like, wow, that was great. That was like just the introduction to the subject. Like I want to know more. And some at some conferences, that's appropriate. Like, okay, great. You want to know more? The, 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 the keynote on stage was enough to give you a taste to realize, oh, wow, this is a subject I'm really interested in learning more on. Great. Go, go take a course or go to a, a webinar specifically on that subject. But this conference was really cool because it wasn't just like, let's scratch the surface on this subject. It was, here are some tangible takeaways that you can go home and do something with. I loved that. So in addition to hoping for new ideas when it comes to marketing, I also had a few other motivations for attending. So several of the folks in my mastermind were speaking at Marketer's Heart. Actually, three of my clients who were also in my mastermind were on stage, which was really fun. Um, And then there were even more of us in my mastermind who signed up just to attend. I think there was like 30 of us. Um, I love my mastermind. You guys have heard me talk about this before. And I will take any opportunity to spend more time with them in real life. Just going back to what I said about being in a room with a bunch of other people who are a lot smarter than you, that's my mastermind. So any opportunity I have to see them in real life, I will take it. And so the conference was a chance to have sort of an unofficial hangout, which is always really encouraging for me both in business and then also on the personal side. Another reason I was excited to attend Bless all of the folks who make virtual conferences happen. But for me, those serendipitous in-person conversations, those are really hard for me to replicate when there's a screen between me and the other person that I'm talking to. I'm not saying they can't happen. It's just for me, I feel like the in-person magic uh, provides just a space for conversations to happen that I would have a really hard time making happen if if there was a screen between me and the other person. Sometimes those conversations yield game-changing ideas for my business. Sometimes they encourage the person that's sitting across from you in a way that changes the game for them. Sometimes those conversations challenge a belief that you didn't realize was holding you back. Some assumptions that you've been making that you didn't even realize. You you just treated them as facts and someone challenges you on them and you're like, oh my gosh, I guess something else could be true here. Sometimes those conversations solve a problem that you've been avoiding Sometimes they point you to resources that you had never heard of, but you realize you're actually desperately in need of. It is impossible to quantify the value of those conversations that happen outside the main sessions, but often my biggest breakthroughs at conferences over the last few years have come as a result of the conversations that take place between sessions, during lunch, afterwards when you're hanging out in your hotel room, but they're not happening like when the the keynote speaker is on stage. I also love the chance to connect with some of the people that I serve at at these conferences and get a voice of customer data when I'm least expecting it. Like I was sitting with my client, Ashlyn Carter, in her hotel room one afternoon um, during the conference and we were, I don't even remember what we started talking about, but um, we got onto the topic of her ideal frequency for brand shoots. And she stopped me and she's like, do you actually want to pull out your phone and record this conversation? Because she was giving me direct voice of customer data so that I could then listen back to that recording and pull from her words in order to refine our offer once I got home. 
We're working on some new lighting education uh, for later this year. And being able to talk to one of my students, Rachel, who was in attendance, was super, super helpful. I took a bunch of notes with her feedback, uh, and which gave me more direction on what it is that I want to add to that lighting offer based on what my students are actually struggling with instead of me simply guessing at what I think they're going to want or what I think will be attractive to them. So a few logistical notes. I paid something like... I think it was like $800 to $1,000 for my ticket to the conference. I registered during the early bird period. Um, Then there was also flights down to New Orleans from D.C. I paid for breakfasts and dinners each day. Lunch was provided during the conference. And then I shared a hotel room with one of my best friends. And so all in all, I think my investment was probably $2,000 to $2,500, which is not out of the ordinary for a conference like this. It was worth every penny and I am so glad that I went. I've been to something like 20 conferences over the years and this one challenged me in a new way. Um, the events that I've attended in the past, they, they met me where I was at at the time so they were perfectly appropriate for where I was. I'm glad I've attended those. When I wanted help building a creative business, I went to events that were geared towards artistic entrepreneurs. When I needed photography help, I went to photo-focused conferences. With where I'm at in my career now, I've been photographing since 2009, I'm pretty good to go on the mechanics of photography. I understand lighting, I understand how to achieve the look that I want in camera, I'm good to go with editing. So if there's something specific that I want to learn when it comes to photography, let's say I want to experiment with food photography, then I would take a workshop specifically for that or maybe buy an online course on that subject. But with the broader range of knowledge that's generally offered at conferences, there's not much anymore for me to pick up on in a breakout session or a keynote presentation that would be new to me when uh, when it comes to photography or the ins and outs of running a business. So these days when I'm considering attending an event, I'm typically either looking to improve my knowledge on a, a specific subject within my overall business, like digital marketing, or I'm looking to network with folks who fall into my target audience for either brand photography clients or students of our course Brand Photography Academy. Marketer's Heart fit the bill for both the criteria of wanting to improve my knowledge on a specific subject within my overall business and being able to market to folks who fall, not market, but like connect with folks who fall into my target audience. I was not there to pitch people. I was just there to connect. Um, And so Marketer's Heart fit the bill for both of those. I'm always interested in new ways to market my business. And Julie Chanel is one of the best in the business to learn from. And in addition to, like I said, three of my clients speaking from the stage, there were also dozens of business owners that I was really excited to connect with who I would love to one day shoot for. Again, not there to pitch my services, just there to connect. So what I'm trying to say here is that knowing why you're going is essential in deciding which conference to attend. Like, is it fun to go to an industry event because all of your friends are attending? Of course it is. But if there's no ROI, it can end up feeling like an expensive workcation, which sometimes that's okay, depending on where you're at in your business and like how extroverted you are. And you're just like, I just need to be in a room with other people. That's okay sometimes. Like I said, there's an intangible value to being in the room. But I want you to make sure that you're in the room with folks who can help you grow, especially if you're only budgeting for one conference a year or so. 
don't just go for fun if your dollars are limited, no matter how awesome people make it look on social media. FOMO is a real motivator. You want to make sure that if your dollars are limited, that there will actually be an ROI for you, aside from a camera roll full of Instagram photos and a few fun stories, right? Especially now that I'm a mom with two small kids, I'm really, really careful with the time that I spend out of the office. If I'm going to leave my husband and my babies, there has got to be a compelling reason for it other than just, it looks like fun. Like, what is this going to do for your business? What are you hoping to get out of it? Who are you hoping to connect with? What ideas are you going to ask for feedback on? My coach always asks, she always asks us to set an intention before an event begins. Like what is one thing that you're hoping to do or accomplish as a result of your time spent at this event? All right, so combing back through my 38 pages of notes, to be fair, I have kind of big handwriting. Uh, Here are my main takeaways from Marketer's Heart 2023. Number one, your biggest risk as a business owner is obscurity. Julie and Kathy spoke about this in the opening session. Like the more obscure your business, the harder you're going to have to hustle. So your goal is to reduce obscurity by becoming known, clear, and important to your audience. And Julie and Kathy gave a really great framework for how to do that, how to become known, clear, and important. Number two, Julie also talked about the seasons of business, recognizing whether you're in spring, summer, fall, or winter, and recognizing the potential and also the pitfalls of each season. So like, for example, when you're in fall and the harvest is bountiful, to know that winter is coming and things are going to slow down, but that doesn't necessarily mean you did something wrong. Winter is a chance for you to adjust your infrastructure for the future. Number three, Wendy Conklin of Chair Whimsy. She's one of my clients. She spoke on Facebook challenges. I've been kicking around the idea of doing one of these for like two years now, but I haven't ever felt like I landed on an idea that would work for a four or five day long challenge. But hearing Wendy's day-by-day breakdown of how she ran her ugly chair challenge was really helpful and gave me a few ideas for how that might apply to our business. And my biggest takeaway from her talk was to show the transformation. Number four, Jordan Gill spoke on reels and taking up space on Instagram, and I was really interested to hear her speak. Her reels are hilarious, Uh, but honestly, and maybe some of you guys can relate, I feel like I've completely lost my mojo when it comes to social media anymore. I'm just not like, oh, I'm hiding, like I'm afraid to show up, but it more feels like what's the point because I have so many other things demanding my attention, and with how short-lived lifespan on social media can be, it just feels like getting on a hamster wheel that you can't get off of, and so Jordan's talk was really interesting, a really interesting perspective on how reels can be a testing ground for marketing and positioning within your business to see what your followers resonate with. And I also loved, she gave some practical advice on collecting B-roll when you're doing mundane tasks to use as a background with text over top of it. So like I should, I mean, now that I think about it, I should probably be filming myself talking right now into this podcast mic and then use that as a reel, right? Yeah, okay, I'll do that next time. (laughs) So Darnielle Gervais Harmon, oh my gosh, she was... She was incredible. She spoke on tightening up your sales game, and her talk was possibly my favorite from the entire conference. Um, She began by talking about how there is honor in selling the solution that someone needs and cannot accomplish on their own. 
So often, especially as photographers, as artists, we feel gross about selling our services and her assertion that, quote, when I sell, it serves humanity was so encouraging. And guys, I'm good at sales. Like I'm good at closing the sale and I needed to hear that. She also spoke to the fact that people will pay for what they want. And so if your clients or customers aren't buying, it's because you have not shown them or compelled them with your marketing argument. You have not adequately demonstrated why they need what you are selling. I loved that. When things are slow in my business, my first reaction is to point to some kind of outside factor beyond my control. Like it's not my fault, it's the algorithm's fault, or email delivery rates are tanking, or so-and-so is better at social media than me. But the perspective that it is up to me to make a better marketing argument, it means putting my big girl pants on and taking action when something isn't working as opposed to sitting back and just being a victim of my small business. Number six, on day two of the conference, because it was a three-day conference, uh, Julie kicked off by talking about lessons that she would tell herself one year ago before she entered an especially tumultuous year. And the one that resonated most with me was that you will not realize how crazy a situation is. Like when you're in a time of crisis, it's difficult for you to reconcile how out of the ordinary a situation is until it has passed, which means that you cannot see yourself or the situation accurately. 2022 was bananas for us. I told Matt that it felt like we were flying down the highway at 80 miles an hour in a Toyota Camry with a U-Haul attached to the back with the gas at like one eighth of a tank and there's no rest stop on the horizon. It was crazy. But I didn't realize just how stressful it was until we were almost all the way through it. So Julie gave some practical, tactical advice about how to not make rash decisions when you're in the midst of chaos. Like if you're in the midst of crisis, don't decide to burn your entire business down. <laughs> she gave some advice on how to move forward intentionally with purpose and wisdom instead of operating and making decisions from a place of overwhelm, hyperarousal, or fear. Number seven, Kristen Ingram. She is the founder, CEO of Bookkeeper Training School. She spoke about evergreen webinars, and I loved her advice about onboarding new students with an orientation call. How many courses have you bought that are still sitting in your inbox that you have yet to watch the first video? Maybe you've yet to even log in. Um, this would totally help with that, the concept of orientation calls. Uh, at least for me, that would help when I register for something new. So I think that might be something that we implement with our course students in the near future. I'm excited about that. Takeaway number eight was from Topsy Vandenbosch. What a name. That is such a cool name. Um, she was another one of my favorites. Oh my gosh. She spoke on mindset and emotional intelligence for business owners and she rocked my world. If you are a longtime podcast listener, you know that I am someone who loves facts and I love hard data. Like mindset stuff is a little bit hard for me to buy into because it feels so woo woo, but she rocked my world. She talked about how to stop discounting your success, which is something I do all the time, especially when I'm in a downward spiral with imposter syndrome. When I'm in that downward spiral, I tend to find one thing that's maybe not going well or um, that's not going the way that I hoped it would. And then I hyper-focus on that. And despite 
Matt presenting me with like an overwhelming number of facts that contradict whatever lie it is I'm telling myself, I discard those facts and I believe the lies that I am not actually very good at my craft or that I've already peaked and it's all downhill from here. Um, Topsy said something that, that really struck me to my core. She said, your success doesn't expire, right? That's so good. I'm the type of person who 99 times out of 100 forgets to celebrate an achievement because by the time I actually reach whatever achievement I'm I'm running after, I have already mentally moved on to whatever comes next. And like somehow celebrating an achievement means that I'm living in the past when what I really need to do is focus on what comes next. Like I'm somehow running out of time, which is not true. I love that Topsy spoke to that too. She said that we are not running out of time. The Lord already knows my story. My destiny is written in stone, my beginning and my end. And the Lord knows every step between here and there. I am not falling behind. That was so encouraging to hear her say. Takeaway number nine was from my girl, Ashlyn Carter. She is my number one brand client. I think we shot together five times at this point. Uh, And it was so fun seeing so many of the photos I've shot for her over the years throughout her slide deck. So Ashlyn is the OG copywriter for creatives. And she spoke on getting your copy in ship shape with a few super specific hacks. And my favorite one that she spoke on was the tough love toast statement. I've heard her talk on this a number of times, but it always hits at a different point depending on where I'm at in my business. Your tough love toast statement is when you put your stake in the ground and you state a belief that you would go to war for. Like if you go to my website, you'll see, it's one of the first things you see on the website is, trust me, the world doesn't need more photos of you smiling at your laptop. That is something I will go to war for. I believe in that to my core. I am tired. I'm tired. You're tired of brand photos of business owners cheesing at their laptops and like clutching a cute anthropology mug for extra effect, right? That is my whole thing, my whole shtick when it comes to brand photography is like we push beyond that. We get creative beyond that. So the tough love toast statement sticks the stake in the ground. She actually used my website as an example during her talk, which was really fun seeing seeing that up on the screen. Um, one other thing that I loved that Ashlyn talked about was providing data to back up claims that you make in your sales argument. That's a big one for me. I'm not a fan of huge sweeping statements like, well, everybody knows, blah, 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 blah. Don't say that if you can't point to proof that backs it up. Otherwise, you can say anything you want in order to make a compelling marketing argument. But if it's not actually based in reality, like, is that actually an ethical marketing argument? Uh, number 10 was from Adrian Richardson, another one of my brand clients. She owns PowerPlay Media, and she is a Facebook ads genius. Uh, she showed a few Facebook ad makeovers, and I loved seeing her mantra of bring the data, not the drama, play out in real time. So she pulled a couple of ad sets that she had done for clients, um, and she used the numbers, like the conversions on a sales page or the cost per click or the cost per conversion, she used those numbers to determine where to focus her efforts on tightening up the ad funnel. Like instead of burning the whole ad to the ground and just turning off the advertisement or just switching out photos, she took a look at the data to to find the root of the issue, whether that was hey, people aren't converting on the landing page or the ad copy itself, nobody's clicking on it or maybe the graphic is the issue. She found what the root of the issue was and then experimented with making adjustments until she saw the results that she wanted. And I don't mean to get too in the weeds when it comes to Facebook ads. I just give you all of that because I get really intimidated by Facebook ads. 
but seeing Adrian's approach with numbers made it feel a lot less like a guessing game and more like a scientific formula. Like there's an art to it, but there's also there's also just math to it. Takeaway number 11, on the final day, Julie and Kathy spoke about how to keep your offers fresh in 2023 so that you can continue to sell. And I loved how they talked about the idea of the six-inch putt. So like if your clients or your customers are consistently getting stuck at a certain point in your process, it's your job to make it easier for them to get the work done, to lessen the distance from the problem to the solution. So for example, for a client who feels stuck on choosing a location for their brand shoot, instead of saying, hey, here are four websites you could possibly source a location from like Airbnb or Verbo, you could try recommending three or four specific homes or studios that you have loved shooting at in the past and then ask them to choose from that short list. Or if I have a student who's enrolled in BPA and hasn't started the coursework yet, don't ask them to go in and finish the lessons by next week. Instead, just ask them to sign in and watch the welcome video. Just one video. It's like if you're brand new to running and you want to train for a race, would it be more helpful for someone, an experienced runner, to launch into an explanation of all the different types of races available like 5Ks, 10Ks, half and full marathons, ultra marathons, which sounds so intimidating, <laughs> Or would it be easier for you to make a decision if they said, hey, I recommend starting with a 5K or a 10K. Here are two local races coming up in the next three months. Do either of these look good to you? Which scenario is more likely to result in you taking action? The second one, right? Because someone has set you up for success by minimizing variables and options. Something my pastor said to me once was decisions are the enemy of progress. So instead of overwhelming someone with all of the potential possibilities they could consider, it is actually an act of service to minimize options and present them with a cold down list so they're more likely to take action. If an in-person conference or workshop isn't on your agenda for this year, I strongly recommend that you consider finding one that speaks to you. If it's your first conference or maybe your first conference in a while and you're worried about not knowing anybody, find a buddy to go with you. Know why you're going and what it is that you're hoping to get out of it. Like what would make it worth it for you to spend the money to attend? If I could only walk away with this one thing, what would that be? If you're in the earlier stages of your photography career, it might not be a bad idea to go to a conference that is specific to photographers or a conference where you're going to learn from experts on a broad range of topics like Spark, which is a conference hosted by Show It. If you're a seasoned veteran looking to spice things up and you want to pull some fresh inspiration from outside of your immediate industry, you're going to want to look for something outside of your immediate industry. I actually went to the Pas de Deux conference for dance photography a couple of years ago, even though ballet photography has only ever been and will only ever be a side project for me. It exposed me to new techniques, new people, and most importantly, new ideas. I would love to hear which conferences you're thinking of attending this year, so please come on over to Instagram, find me at Abby Grace Photo. I spoke at the Reset Conference a while back, and I realized just how small my world had been being at that conference because the attendees there were referencing conferences and events that I had never heard of. I love discovering new events, so come tell me which ones you're loving or you're thinking of going to. Shoot me a DM at Abby Grace Photo. We'll be back for season three of the Artisan CEO podcast in just a couple of weeks, so hold on to your butts. There's a lot of good stuff destined for your earbuds coming up soon. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace, and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?